I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, Greg, we got a bunch to talk about, my man. It is a cut down day. Uh, We have reactions. We have overreactions. But before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers can now receive $200 in free bonus bets with a $5 bet. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will receive $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. That's right, via YouTube and YouTube TV. The NFL Sunday ticket offer will end on September 18th. So you want to take advantage of that. I figured, Greg, since there's so much to cover, we begin uh, because it's the sexiest position on the field. It's the position that everybody talks about. Uh, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, some thought that this was going to be a quarterback competition. Not only was it not a competition, but as of right now, and I stress right now, because there's a lot that's going to be done as you and I know over the next, you know, couple of days, couple of weeks. But as of right now, Bailey Zappi is not on this roster. He was cut earlier today. Uh, just your thoughts from 30,000 feet, and maybe even a little bit in, in the weeds about what this plan might be at quarterback. Okay. Well, first and foremost, um, I'm sure a lot of this, and I'm giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt before I hammer him on other things. Right. Uh, this, this obviously wasn't the plan for a long time, whether it's quarterback or any other position that they had to basically, I, I think at one point they had, um, they had, what do they have now? So they had 12 offensive linemen. At one they have point. 11 on the roster. They right have now. 11 now that Connor McDermott's been moved to IR with the official moves. That's still extremely heavy. It looks like probably Riley Reef will move to IR. So that's 10. That's general in the general vicinity. I had nine on my final one. Of course, I largely ignored the injury stuff because I just don't know. I didn't know how serious anything was for anybody. Um, so McDermott's season is over. Riley Reef. You would expect that he's going to move to in-season IR tomorrow. Um, So I'm sure a lot of this was not the plan. Um, Let's just start with the quarterback position. Um, Am I surprised that Bailey Zappi was released? Yes. Uh, You know, I I guess I would say yes. Now, did I have growing concerns about his future here, his fit in this offense after what I saw, the totality of the summer practices, the three preseason games, especially the the last couple. Yeah, I, I was starting to say, okay, he, he had gone from last year, he earned solid backup role for me, spot starter. I feel good with Bailey Zappi. Smart guy, tough guy, throw him in against the Packers, almost led them to a victory. Led them to two victories against, you know, crappy defenses, but, you know, did a good job. You know, he put the steering wheel on, you know, eight and 10 or whatever the saying (laughs) is. 10 and two. 10 and two. two. (laughs) I forgot my kids. My twins are in uh, (laughs) driving school. I should have them down here telling me. They're probably yelling at me right now. You'd be like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, they'll be like, yeah, that's how they drive anyways. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so, you know, I thought he did a good job. But, you know, you know, we talked last year a lot about, you know, people were going nuts about Bailey Zappi, and we talked about, all right, fine, you know, he's doing his job. But, you know, this isn't really the, the, the toughest thing that he's had to do. A lot of these are defined reads. A lot of them, a lot of his, almost all of his big plays were play action, like shot plays where guys were, you know, almost open or he's wide open or he's throwing 50-50 balls. And look, I think in hindsight, and then you looked at him this summer in Bill O'Brien's offense, which is back to the traditional Patriots offense where it's a lot on the quarterback. You've got to get the protection right. You've got to change routes. You've got to read routes right in the moment. Like it's, it's just different than what Matt, Matt Patricia was running. And that fits Mac Jones. I didn't think that it would – be an ill-advised fit for Bailey Zappi, but that's the way it looked over the course of the summer to the point you got through the last preseason game and you're just like, I don't know, can this guy do it? And I think the Patriots had those discussions amongst themselves. Now, do I think that they want Bailey Zappi back on the practice squad? Yes, absolutely. You, With all of this, with what we're going to talk about, one quarterback, two running backs, including one who hasn't even played for them yet in Ezekiel Elliott, and two tight ends, that's not the way you draw it up at all, no, ever. No, nope. no. No, you, you, you build depth. You build youth. You bring people along. They're in your system from when they're drafted or brought in in March and April and May, and they're here for months. They're learning it. They practice during the summer. And then if they're called upon, they're trained in your system. Now the Patriots are put in a position where they're going to have to basically look. This is this is being brutally honest. I'm sorry if this offends some people, which apparently does on Twitter, which isn't a surprise. But basically, the Patriots are trolling other people's trash now at quarterback, running back, and tight end. That is not optimal. You can slice it any way you want. It's not optimal. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised. I thought Bailey had done enough. But you know, do I think there's some interplay there between him and Mac Jones and you know Bill O'Brien and what went on last year and and I, I think there's a little bit of that. I think most of it, it was just like, do we think this guy fits what we do now and what we're going to be doing the, for, for the foreseeable future in terms of what we ask the quarterbacks to do? And I think at the end of the day, their answer was no, but I don't think it's quite the end of Bailey Zappi. He could be back on the practice squad. If I were him, I'd be running to a Kyle Shanahan system, one of his disciples somewhere in the league, because if Brock Purdy can do what he did, you know, Bailey Zappi could come close. So we'll have to see what happens at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand people kind of freaking out a little bit because it's strange to look at a 53-man roster and you have one quarterback on the roster right now. I don't <laughs> think Belichick's plan is to walk in with one quarterback when they get ready to play the Eagles. I don't think that's going to happen. I also would say Bailey Zappi, and I know some people – we're in love with Bailey Zappi. As you mentioned, Greg, we had the whole Zappi fever conversation last year. You nor I were on the Zappi bandwagon. Both of us had talked about the level of competition he played against, the play calling, how it changed from Zappi to Jones and then back to Jones and then to Zappi. It was clearly a, a different offense when Zappi was quarterbacking than Jones last year. And that, that was clear for everybody to see. So I never had Zappi fever, never hit me. Never really understood it. Uh, I still think the chanting for Zappi in that Chicago game was an absolute embarrassment by those people that did that that night at Gillette Stadium. 
let's all be honest though. Like if, if Bailey Zappi is part of this football team, is he really the difference between this team winning eight games, nine games, 10 games? Like if Mac Jones goes down, is Zappi the guy that you say, all right, he's going to be able to really lead this offense and be that kind of a backup quarterback. Not to me, not right now. Maybe last year, if you kept the same kind of offense and you handled him with kid gloves again. But as you mentioned, Greg, the way this thing is being run with Bill O'Brien, Bailey Zappi was not going to be that big of a help. He was going to be a body in the quarterback room. So what's the difference? I hear some people bitching about, oh, Colt McCoy or Brian Hoyer or this guy or that. Honestly. Everybody take a deep breath and tell me what the difference is between a Bailey Zappi and a Colt McCoy. Well, it's not the, it's not a huge difference. McCoy's better, I would say. And, and if you feel like McCoy, who has had some kind of experience with this offense with Brian Dable, he at least has some kind of an idea of what needs to be done. It's just, we're talking about the back of quarterback. And I remember when I was 10, 11 years old, I remember the Michael Bishop conversations. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Malik Cunningham played good for six minutes in a preseason game and people started to lose their collective minds. It's always been this way. It will always be this way. One of the most popular guys on the team is the backup quarterback when the, the starting quarterback is not universally loved. And that's what happens. But Bailey Zappi being on this team or off this team is not the difference between this team winning or losing. It's just not. It's just not. So whether he gets through and he's on the practice squad or they pick up Colt McCoy or somebody else, it's going to be relatively the same kind of guy you're talking about. This is Mac's team. This is Mac's team. And this team will go as far offensively as the offensive line, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes, and Mac will help lead it you know that that that's as far as it's going to go is as far as he and the offensive line are going to take it and if they can stay healthy at wide receiver it's as simple as that and, and people just you know this whole bailey zappy narrative from the very beginning has been just an absolute joke to me Let, let's look at the offense really on, on the whole you mentioned this greg and I, I feel like we need to underline and highlight this point as we talk through this podcast mm -hmm. over and over you'll hear this a lot we understand it's August 29th. There's a lot of time. There are going to be some other moves made. But right now, what I would say is Bill Belichick's roster offensively, it's pretty ballsy. Right now, you have two running backs. Right now, you have two tight ends. And right now, you have one quarterback on your 53-man roster. So you almost have to hope that certain things kind of fall in line. Now, maybe Riley Reef, as you mentioned, he goes on the IR and they bring back Ty Montgomery. And this is a handshake deal with Ty. And we're not even worried about this, but it does open the door for other teams to kind of sneak in and say, Hey, do you want to come join us? It does open the door for a team to pick up Bailey Zappi if they're interested. And now you're trying to scramble and find that second guy if Colt McCoy is not an option, Brian Hoyer. Pretty ballsy to have two running backs, two tight ends, and a quarterback on your 53-man roster to start things off. <laughs> yeah, ballsy, crazy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just I, – I don't – look, I'm sure it's been done before, but I can't recall this. I mean, this is this is out there. And, you know, you look at it, and, and just so people understand, so, you know, the guys that were waived today – if you are a vested veteran, that means you have four years in the league. That means you're not subject to waivers. You can sign with anybody who you want to. So right. like a Ty Montgomery would fit into that because he's been around. 
Um, hasn't done anything ever as a Patriot, but he's been around. So, you know, at least he's been in the system. Um, at tight end, I want to say that Sokol or Ferkser has, is a vested veteran, maybe both of them. So, you know, there is an option there. But, you know, I think the thing that needs to be underlined, and I know, look, people aren't going to want to hear it from me because I've been sort of beating them over the head with it for months, sort of like I was with the offensive dysfunction last summer. But the roster construction on this offense has just been problematic and it has bottomed out to this point where like you don't you don't have a second quarterback. You don't have so you have Stevenson, you brought in Elliott off the street. There's no other young running back to, to, despite drafting Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris just a year ago. Um wide receiver, you know, okay. They got two rookies that that stuck this year and they look like good picks to this point. Tight end was a position that I think we were both screaming for in the draft. Just draft one young guy to get in there and be the third guy to to, to learn because both of these guys are free agents after the season. Um, you know, and, and so, and then, you know, offensive tackle, we were screaming about offensive tackle, either in free agency or the draft. They didn't do any of those things. They decided to go you know, not even mid-tier, lower-tier free agency with Riley Reef and Connor McDermott and Calvin Anderson, who just came off uh, NFI to practice today. So that's, you know, promising. I mean, you know, I think he's a three or a four. You know, we've evaluated him. But they, you know, they had to go out and trade for two guys in late August in Vidarian Lowe and Tyrone Wheatley. I like the film on both guys. I think they're both – they both have decently high ceilings. Um, I think Vidarian Lowe stands the best chance to starting week one at right tackle for the Patriots. He looks like a Patriots right tackle to me. Tyrone Wheatley is more of a developmental, um, really nice feet, converted uh, college tight end. A lot of upside to him, but there needs to be a lot of work done. But he's the type of guy, Nick, that we talked about in the offseason where I was like, just find a guy in the draft who has traits, who has a chance with development to play place at least right tackle early, maybe some left tackle. Well, Wheatley's that guy. I mean, it's better late than never. Would I like the guy in May? Yeah, but okay. And, you know, I like what they've done at the interior, but, you know, overall, comparatively to the defense, you know, the, the offense is it's August 29th. And they're searching for major pieces. Yeah, they might be depth pieces, but you know we know how an NFL season goes along. This is not optimal for this team when a lot of things need to go right for it. You know, when you just look at the running back position, I think that hits so many different notes that not only you and I have talked about, but many others have talked about, Greg. Like when you look at it, the, the drafting, right? You drafted Pierre Strong. Seems like you drafted him with the idea of maybe being – a different kind of flavor of offense. And then when that flavor of offense went off the rails, he wasn't really the perfect fit for, for a Bill O'Brien system. He also didn't have the greatest vision. So you spent a fourth round pick on strong and, and you didn't get the guy that you were hoping to get out of that. Look, I, I know people are going to throw out, you know, Kevin Harris and, I already saw NBC Sports Boston tonight and Trenny talking about, oh, the, the 2022 draft. First, I'll, I'd say this. 
I'm not going to judge or evaluate any draft one year into it. Give me a break. If Jack Jones ends up straightening out and ends up a starting outside corner and Marcus Jones is out there this year and he can, and he continues to get better. I, I will, I will evaluate a draft about three years into it, not a year later. It's a, I won't go too high. I won't go too low. It's a year in. Okay. So Kevin Harris, a sixth round pick. It's a lottery ticket. As we talked about with Booty and Demario Douglas, the Patriots hit both on those guys this year, right? He's a lottery ticket. You don't draft a guy in the sixth round thinking he's likely going to make the football team. So Kevin Harris getting cut is not the worst thing in the world. I, I understand that you you know you look at the 2022 draft and now with Pierre Strong and Harris, you get a little bummed out. But he's a sixth round pick, sixth round pick. But when you look at running back, you know. They've done a good job in the past, Greg, at that position. They really have. Mm -hmm. Damian Harris, yep. great pick uh, until he started getting hurt and then he couldn't get on the field. Ramondre has been fantastic. You go through the years. Yeah. St st um, Steven Ridley, like, yep. you know, all those guys. Ben Jarvis, yep. Green Ellis, you know, I mean, they, yeah, they've always done it at the position. Always had somebody, especially at third down back, which is currently a problem. Right. And you look at this, but you look at this roster construction. And when you look at running back, We've talked about not drafting well enough. Obviously, they did not draft well enough with Pierre Strong. We talk about banking on guys who might have sketchy injury histories. We talked about that at wide receiver. We talked a little bit about it on the offensive line. Well, that's what you've done at running back with Ty Montgomery, and it's kind of bitten you in the ass a little bit, right? So now you're kind of left scrambling. You go out there and you, you sign Ezekiel Elliott, which is fine. I have absolutely zero issue with the signing. I like the signing, and hopefully mm -hmm. Zeke gives them a bit of a boost. But now you're looking at it, you wave goodbye to J.J. Taylor because the trickle-down effect of having to keep 11 offensive linemen because you got a bunch of, you know, threes and fours as offensive linemen at the tackle position outside of Trent Brown. So now you're trading for two offensive tackles in late August. You don't know what those guys are going to be. Can you keep them on the roster? you got to keep them on the roster right now because you just traded for them two days ago. So because you've got to keep 11 offensive linemen because you decided to go cheap with Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson instead of going out there and finding, even if it was a mid-grade somewhat offensive tackle, if you brought in a guy like Dillard who you might have wanted to pay a couple of extra million dollars for and maybe he would have been able to be your right tackle and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But because you went cheaper at tackle and you brought in Reef and Anderson, Reef looks like a swing and a miss at tackle even before the injury. You can't predict the Anderson thing, but because you had so many moving pieces on the offensive line and you spent so many picks on the interior offensive line, you drafted City So, who was a guard in college, trying to make him a tackle. Might work. Most likely will have to take a couple of years. So because of the way you approached the offensive line, you had to keep 11 offensive linemen on your initial roster, which led you to have to keep only two running backs. And now you're also banking on Ty Montgomery, who has not been healthy. The guy hasn't done much in three or four years. Is he even going to be able to get on the field? you got Ezekiel Elliott, who's got some tread on the tires. So when, when Greg and I, we talk about the offensive structure, can this team be okay? Yes. Can this offense be okay? Yes. But the margin for error is so damn tiny, and it's because of the way that the offseason is approached and how things are structured from, okay, we're not going to go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins because he might cost a little bit too much. So now you need booty and pop to maybe pop, no pun intended. Now, if those guys do, fantastic, great story. 
But the fact is, now you've got to bank on two sixth-round picks to provide you some wide receiver depth because you have other guys like Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, who, guess what, have injury histories. So it's this domino effect. It's it's this trickle-down effect. It's the impact of how one position can impact another position, and that's how you're left with two running backs, two tight ends, and a quarterback because you got 55 offensive linemen. you got 25 cornerbacks because you drafted a guy who, away from the field, has not been the greatest, and you don't know if he's going to be around for the first month. All of these decisions that Greg and I have talked about, and I know I'm going long, I haven't talked in forever, but all these decisions that we've talked about, it all leads to this. And so if you're looking at this roster going, two running backs, two tight ends, one quarterback, they're kind of fishing for this and that. This is what we've been talking about. And you might disagree and you might hate Greg at times or whatever, but this is why we have those conversations because they lead to this. And some of it is minutia. And guys like Felger, they don't like minutia. They don't, they look at the results and they'll tell you how Bailey Zappi won this game and won that game. They're not going to get too much in the minutia because it's boring or they don't. But we talked about Zappi. And the reason why the guy got cut today is because of some of the stuff we talked about last year. So it, it all comes to roost. Before we uh, continue the conversation, Greg, uh, let's, let's uh, talk about our friends at FanDuel. Again, I just mentioned uh, bonus bets. You get 200 bucks in free bonus bets with a $5 bet plus customers. All of you who bet $5 can receive $100 off NFL Sunday ticket via YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, give them some more details about our friends at uh, FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I love those little suckers. I use them all the time, <laughs> especially now the football season's coming up. Just use them all the time. It's free money and you can make money off it. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. By the way, I did this. I, I placed a few early season or I guess you would call seasonal NFL bets. Yeah. Um, and there it popped futures. up right under my email. Yeah. Some futures popped up right into my email, hundred bucks off YouTube. Uh, so, and, and that's where you're going to get Sunday ticket this year, not on your TV or, you know, you're going to need it through YouTube. That's the only place to get it this year. So visit fanduel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer. You won't want to miss FanDuel, the official partner of NFL. Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. First line on, first online, real wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See, see terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds, terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews cancel anytime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. So, again, I, I apologize for being long-winded. I haven't done a talk show in two months. I've had COVID. i got a lot of things going <laughs> Nick, on. Can I, can I give it? There's a few, just a few things on the offense before we move to defense. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, just getting – so – you know, backing up what you were just talking about, about, you know, using the running back position as sort of an example of the roster management of, of this team, like Ty Montgomery, I think is a perfect example. I mean, how much, how much time and wasted time did they waste on this guy? And, you know, it, maybe it didn't quite cost him right now, but like a guy like JJ Taylor, like he's a guy who's been in your program for three years has done everything you've asked for. Yeah, you know, he's made his mistakes, but I thought he had a spectacular summer. And, you know, I'm bummed out that, you know, he he doesn't have, have an opportunity to open up as the third-round running back, which I think he earned. Uh, I yeah. think one of the reporters said that he doesn't even want to come back to the practice squad here, that he's looking for a fresh start someplace else, which I don't blame him. I mean, if I were him, I would have been like, I, I can't do any more. From what he, I thought he was the best player all summer in terms of, you know, basically preseason games, and, and not everybody plays in the preseason games, but I thought he was tremendous this summer. I, you know, the, the receiver position, um, you know, we haven't talked about Malik Cunningham yet. I put him at Malik uh, as at wide receiver on my depth chart. Um, uh, he wasn't much of a receiver this summer. I mean, and yeah. look, it takes some time. Like, you know, Julian Edelman didn't light the world on fire, but at least he had – punt return where Belichick could say, all right, well, he's an NFL-level punt returner right now. If you look at Malik Cunningham, he's not an NFL-level quarterback right now. He's not an NFL-level wide receiver right now or a special teams player. So it was hard to justify a 53-man spot. He's the perfect guy to get on a practice squad. I don't think somebody else might sign him to a practice squad, and he could be enticed by that, but I don't think anybody else is claiming him to put on their 53-man roster right now. I mean, Maybe somebody who's rebuilding like the Cardinals, you know, might do that. But I mean, it is what it is. If you lose them, it's a shame, but whatever. At tight end, um, you know, I didn't love anybody there. I think Sokol's the best guy to bring back in terms of he can do a little bit of everything, can fill in. Ferkser's more of a smaller tight end, sort of move tight end, a, a, a luxury. Um, and then any of the guys, the, the guys that they cut at uh, offensive line, Stuber, I feel bad for him because he had to play left tackle and he's just, there was no chance he was ever going to be a left tackle. I would no, have liked to have no. seen him get more of an opportunity at right tackle. Maybe he had a chance there. Uh, Vanterpool was a kid they signed from the CFL or USFL late. Uh, Bill Murray had some injury issues. I bet you he's back on the practice squad. Bill loves him. Same with Cody Russey. He, Murray, was starting at right guard early on in camp, but once they put pads on, he really struggled. Uh, Cody Russey, Definitely has some upside. I like Russi. Would like to see him back. Chasen Hines flashed at times. He had some good reps in the last preseason game, especially run blocking. James Ferentz is a guy who you know might have a job here until he retires um, <laughs> because he, he can do so many things. So he could be back on the practice squad. But those are sort of my quickie thoughts on the offense. Uh, a couple of things. Uh and Ferentz will be Ferentz will end up coaching here when he when he's done yeah, playing. He'll, he'll just stay here forever. Um, couple things here. 
not much surprised me on the offensive side. Honestly, I, I thought that maybe JJ Taylor would make the roster and you'd have three running backs. I think he deserves it. Greg, I agree with you. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, it seems like the Patriots brain trusts just doesn't have the love or the passion for a JJ Taylor. And he's just not consistently going to be on this roster. It seems like they made up their mind already. And it's a shame because I, I thought he played well enough. And, and, you know, I've, I've read everything that I could possibly read about practices and everything. And, and if there was going to be a year, it was going to be this year, but they've kind of made up their mind on the player. And he is what he is. He's nice to have around on the practice squad. And if I were him, I'd be looking to get my ass out of here, honestly. Uh, let me go somewhere else where I might have a chance of actually cracking the roster and staying there instead of playing these games all the time. And he has uh, and he has real good film out there now after this preseason. Yeah. Real and good. so, you know, the Zappy thing was the most surprising thing to me. Uh, I, I did, I'm not surprised by Henry and Gasicki being the only two tight ends on the roster right now. I'm happy they kept six wide receivers. Um, did they, you know, should they be in a spot where they have to probably not, but I'm glad they didn't risk it with booty. I think booty's played well enough and practiced well enough that he probably mm -hmm. would have been scooped up, um, yep. with his early pedigree at LSU. Uh, so I'm glad they kept him and pop's been great, uh, from, from day one. So I'm glad they kept six wide receivers and honestly, the offensive line, look, I, I know I just bitched and, and, and vented, um, but when you look at it, how this falls together, if there's going to be a lot of ifs, if Trent Brown is fully invested and he seems to be better off in that category than he was at minicamp uh, over the past few weeks, uh, he still has been like, you know, in and out. But if you get Trent Brown being the best Trent Brown, if Calvin Anderson, who, by the way, sounded like it was a pretty serious and scary health situation with him by, by what he was telling the media today. If Calvin Anderson is, is going to be healthy and be out there as like a swing guy, if Owenu and Strange are going to be healthy, and, and we love David Andrews, this offensive line is actually not that bad. If it's healthy, if those things go well for you. You know, you got Wheatley as a developmental guy. You got So as a developmental guy. You got Lowe, who I read Greg's stuff on. He mentioned him a little bit earlier. Seems like he could be a nice depth tackle here, maybe the third, fourth guy. Um, so when you look at it, Moffey's had a, a pretty decent preseason given his experience level and making the jump from college to the pros. Yep. Greg likes James Andrews a lot or Jake Andrews, sorry, Jake Andrews a mm -hmm. lot. So all in all, the offensive line, again, if healthy and if they're fully invested, isn't bad. It's not, it's, it's solid. It's solid in at least four of the five spots. You're still looking at right tackle, trying to figure it out. So, you know, I think offensively, this is really what we've talked about. The ceiling to me is not super high. The floor isn't very low. They're, if they're healthy, they'll be good. Can they, can they explode when they need to explode? That's the question. Can their wide receivers stay healthy? That's the question. Can their offensive line stay healthy? That's inevitably the question. All right, let's jump to the uh, defense. And again, hopefully Calvin Anderson's good uh, health-wise because um, it does sound like he went through a pretty serious deal there. Hopefully he's healthy. He seems like he's in a great mood right now and a great headspace from what I was reading. And, you know, he could, he could help this team uh, offensively on that line. Uh, even if he's not great, he he could be a help. So fingers crossed on, on that. All right, let's look defensively, Greg. 
Um, Ronnie Perkins gone. He he played pretty well when he was out there this preseason. The knock yeah. on him, of course, is he hasn't been able to be on the field very often since he's been drafted. But just kind of, again, 30,000 feet, your thoughts defensively, how they kind of piece this thing together. Amir Speed uh, made the roster, at least for now. But just your overall thoughts on what you see on that side of the football. So, yeah, you know, I think, you know, Bill, um, as opposed to the offense, has constructed the defense well. I mean, they have, um, you know, some really good starters. They have some really good depth. Um, They have some, um, you know, youth with upside. Um, Not a whole lot of surprises here on on that side of the ball. Um, I, I guess in terms of the front seven, the biggest um, surprises somewhat were, was uh, Carl Davis getting released and Sam Roberts uh, being on. Uh, Carl Davis, um, you know, I thought played well enough. I know uh, on his Instagram, he basically said like, he didn't, he didn't put it all out there and he has only himself to blame. I saw something along those lines and and Sam Roberts, like give him credit. You know, he was sort of the JJ Taylor of defense where, you know, he balled out in, in practices and games and showed up. And, and I I like to see a guy earn a spot that, that does that Um, shame on JJ, but Sam gets his shot shot. I'm a little bit worried about like, I don't know exactly where he fits. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about how thin they are at, you know, interior run stuffers. So, you know, yeah. it's basically, it's basically Godshaw and guy like that's it. If one of them goes down, then, you know, and I don't think Barmore has really improved um, against the run this summer. So, you know, if guy or Godshaw goes down, all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, Barmore, Ekawali and Sam Roberts inside against the run. I mean, maybe Keon white can help you a little bit, but I doubt it. It, it, it seemed like, you know, he was so impressive. I think that because Keon White showed himself that he could play the edge, that he wasn't just a uh, Dietrich-wise sort of um, understudy, that he could he could stand up and play outside linebacker for them. Um, I think that really opened some eyes even internally. And so I think he he's more of an edge guy to me now than he was before, but he's certainly going to be an interior pass rusher. I mean, I look at their – I'm excited about their sub package of, you know, Judon, Uche on the outside, Barmore, yeah. and Keon White on the inside. That has the potential to be awesome stuff there, so I'm excited about that. Linebacker, you know, Mac Wilson's still here. I don't know why. I mean, you need some depth. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to be Calvin Munson, and he could be back in short order from what it sounds like. I mean, I don't yeah. like any of those guys. Um, but you know, they only have three linebackers on the team, which I think if you said 10 years ago about Bill Belichick, you'd be like, there's no way in hell, but that's the way the game has changed. And plus they have a bunch of safeties that can play linebacker, including Jabril peppers. So, I mean, it sort of is what it is. Uh, you know, I don't think they're great at linebacker and I don't think there's a huge drop from like, say if Tavai got hurt that Mac Wilson or Calvin Munson has to go in. I don't think it's a huge issue, Plus, you can match up with some of your safeties. Um, cornerback, probably the biggest surprises are there. I think that Sean Wade made the team because Isaiah Bolden got hurt. Um, I think that's Isaiah Bolden's spot. Um, and, you know, they needed depth because they don't really have anybody. They have Gonzalez, John Jones, who's coming back from injury, Jack Jones, who we'll see if he's suspended or what the deal is, and Marcus Jones, and then that's it. Miles Bryan is sort of a tweener guy. 
And so I think Bolden was going to be sort of the next depth guy, but he got hurt. And so they're going with Wade. I don't understand it. It's basically all they have, so they had to keep him. Amir Speed, I totally don't get that. I mean, he, he didn't show much a cornerback. Tall, long guy. I assume it's more for special teams. That's sort of his thing, being a special teams gunner. Um, I guess they might need that a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't pay attention to that that much. But um, I'm worried that he's sort of the new Jawan Williams in terms of big, long, tall cornerback that can match up with a few people. But I think that's a ways off for him. I think he's really green. And we'll see how long he's here. He could be, if they get some guys, if they claim some guys and get him through, then guys like Wade and Amir Speed are probably among the first to go. Safety, we knew what was going to happen there. No surprises. Shame Joshua Bledsoe's a good player. Hopefully he gets a chance someplace else, but they just had, you know, too many other people. Um, I will use this opportunity to say, encouraged by what I saw in Marte Mapu in his first game action. Wasn't perfect. He was tentative, made some coverage errors, but that's what you're going to get first time out. But yeah. to see the explosion, his ability to play on all, well, we saw two levels in that, played really three different spots, strong safety, linebacker, and free safety. You know, he's he's going to be a, a good role player, at least for this team this year. So I was encouraged by that. So, you know, no real shocks there. But those those are sort of my thoughts on defense. Yeah, I mean, look, the second guess is could be Amir Speed for sure. Uh, you know, do, do you need him on this roster? And you're dumping Carl Davis. You're, you're dumping Ronnie Perkins, who, again, showed some flashes in, in the preseason uh, as, a, as a third round pick for you going back a couple of years ago, you, you'd like some, at least some uh, return on investment with Perkins. It, I, I wonder if speed is on this team, if speed and Wade are on this team, if it wasn't for the Jack Jones stuff, you know, do, yeah. are, are they, are they kind of hamstrung and handcuffed keeping both of those guys right now? Because what if Jack Jones takes a quote unquote sabbatical here from the NFL for a few weeks? Uh, do you need to cover your ass with those two guys? Um, you know, and then, like you said, Bolden going down, I'm sure changed some of that math as well. I would imagine, you know, Bolden would be there instead of speed or Wade. Uh, one of those two guys would not be on the team. So uh, the Jack Jones thing, again, the trickle down effect, the impact of that and, and the questions about him. But defensively, I, I think this team's going to be good. And I think this team could be really good. I, I do have some concerns about the run defense. I'm hopeful that they, they find a way to bring in another big fat guy in the middle to, to kind of help uh, stop the run there. They got pushed around a little bit uh, in the preseason at times there. Uh, so I, I do have some concern with, with the run defense uh, as far as up front, but look, they got, they've got talent on that side of the ball. And if, if Jack Jones stays on the up and up, if Jonathan Jones can stay healthy, I think that secondary is, is going to be damn good. And, you know, I, I just think Uche and Judon and Keon White and, you know, Anthony Jennings, who who really kind of showed out. I know it's preseason. You can only take so much from that. But, you know, Anthony Jennings had a really good yep. preseason in camp. So they've got the talent. It's just can, can they stay on the field and are they going to be able to stop the run? That, that's... And they have Nick and they have depth, too. Well, isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, not every team is going to have depth, you know, I, I, not everybody is going to go three deep on every position. I understand that. But 
when you go through offensively the questions and you go through defensively the questions, it's rather obvious where the strength of this team is. And we've talked about, can this team be a top five defense in the league? Yes. It's going to be tough with this schedule, with the quarterbacks they play, but do they have the talent? Do they have the, the brains? Yes. They could be a top five defense. They could be a top three defense in this league. You're still going to have to score some points and you're still going to have to be healthy on the offensive side. And I, I think those questions, the offensive line with, with the health issues and wide receiver with all the health issues and even tight end uh, Hunter Henry has had, you know, some ups and downs in the past health wise and, and, you know, Gasicki got hurt already uh, in this preseason. They just, they, they got to stay healthy, man. They got to stay healthy offensively. Um, defensively, you feel like they could figure a way uh, if, if a couple guys go down offensively, it's much tougher. Uh, I am excited, though, about Booty and, and Douglas. I am. Two young receivers that I think Patriots fans can actually be somewhat optimistic about and look forward to developing, and that hasn't been a thing in a while, right? Malcolm Mitchell was a guy. His knee injuries kind of took him out of the league. I, I thought yeah. he, if he was healthy, he would have been tremendous in this offense for a long time. It, it's been a bit since you've had not one but two wide receivers who are young and have shown some potential, and that should be an exciting thing for Patriots fans. It really should be. Um the other thing that we haven't talked about, Greg, as we jump down to specialists here for a moment, we know Belichick loves his uh, specialists. We know he loves his special teams. You could put Amir Speed certainly on special teams if you'd like, if you want to take him out of that corner spot. Uh, you have Slater, Board, Schooler, and Amir Speed. You got Cardona, no, no, you know, no shocker there. Barringer, no shocker there. He makes the team, you know, Barringer bombs is an absolute thing in games. But we haven't got to kicker yet. So Nick Folk gets traded to Tennessee for a seventh-round pick in 2025. So if you all want to write that down and, and wait uh, for that for that big-time pick in 2025 in the seventh round, <laughs> and now watch, it'll end up being Edelman or some shit. But uh, Nick Folk goes to Tennessee, which gives the rookie, Chad Ryland, the job. Uh, just your thoughts. Did, did you think that they would – let me ask you this. Do you think they entertained keeping both kickers, or was that kind of like one of those media things that you know we kind of fell into talking about? And do you think they made the right decision by picking the rookie over Nick Folk, who I tweeted this today. Shout out to him. This should not be the case. None of us that are football fans should ever be relegated to say, man, I love Nick Folk. I love that kicker. You know, with, with the issues that this team's had scoring, Nick Folk was legitimately one of the highlights of this football team the last couple of years. So shout out to that guy who was dependable. But your thoughts? Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, he, he guy came in here and he's basically automatic from inside 45 yards or inside 50, um, you know, for a long time here. And, uh, you know, I know there there's a lot of trepidation about moving on from a guy who is automatic like that. Um, you know, the way I saw it this summer, I thought they were pretty even. Um, Ryland obviously has the bigger leg. Um, he can kick off more. Um, you know, I think folks' uh, range was being more and more limited. And I think, you know, look, they made their choice. Uh, this is a kid who I think was, you know, nine of nine at Maryland under 40 yards. Um, you know, like we said, can kick off, um, you know, they targeted this guy. They traded up with the jets to take this guy. 
And yeah. like, you know, you do that, you, you got to make a choice as an organization, you know, like, you know, when it comes to this stuff and be like, all right, we're going with a young kicker now, you know, folks done a great job, but we got to do this. And, you know, they did it. They targeted him. They drafted him. He didn't, he wasn't terrible or anything. So you just got to burn the boats and you got to move on. And uh, I thought, I do think they entertained it. Bill, pro- Bill probably thought up a bunch of crazy shit about having two kickers <laughs> and maybe two punters until somebody slapped him across the face and, you know, he woke up. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think at the end of the day, they weren't going to get crazy with it. And I thought they made the right choice. I thought there would be some market. I thought it was going to be better than a 2025 seventh round pick, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and, you know, Vrabel got a good steady uh, kicker and the Patriots are moving on and they have a good history of this. I mean, they did it with Goskowski. Nobody wanted that to happen. Everybody yep. was afraid and he was one of the best kickers in franchise history, and, and now they're hoping history repeats itself. I will say, um, RIP to my fiery take I was going to have if they kept two kickers, because I was ready to burn <laughs> the village down if that happened. I was ready to light the fires. I was ready to riot if they kept two kickers. You drafted the guy in the fourth round. As Greg mentioned, you moved up to draft the guy in the fourth round. If you invest that much into the kicker, that much draft capital into the kicker, that guy better be your kicker. He better not be part of a team kicking the football. He needs to be the guy. Every time the football gets kicked, he should be punting. He should be the punter too, moving up in the fourth round. (laughs) If they kept two kickers after moving up in the fourth round to draft a kicker, I would have lost my ever-loving mind. That would have been, that might've been it. That might've been it. Call call 911. That might've been the end of me if they kept two kickers. So, Again, Godspeed to Nick Folk, did a tremendous job. But, yeah, you drafted the guy in the fourth round. You moved up to draft him. You keep the damn dude on the team, and uh, hopefully he pays off. And Belichick does. He's got a good track record with cornerbacks for the most part. He's got a good track record with kickers. So hopefully this one uh, works out as well. All right, uh, likely moves here before we bid adieu. So we think Riley Reef. It's probably going IR, right? That that, that feels like yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, so there were two guys who didn't practice today, Riley Reef and Tyquan Thornton. You know, we'll have yeah. to see. But that would seem to be, you know, the logical move. I mean, maybe not Tyquan. If they think it's only going to be like another week, maybe not. Uh, but I, I think, you know, those two guys going on IR, I think Calvin Munson will be back just because he covers them in a lot of spots. Um, and I think they're going to be – I think they're going to be claiming a tight end possibly a wide receiver i know you know they definitely want a tight end they've been they were trying to trade for a tight end um i guess you know i think they were really interested in tommy trumbull from the panthers but i guess the panthers didn't give him up at the end of the day um wide receiver was on their list nose tackle i didn't put this in my story but they're definitely going to be looking for a nose tackle um to give us that that depth that you know we talked about earlier um i would like to see them go after keelan cole who the raiders released um you know i really liked his film last year he's a tough little bugger quick he's been in josh mcdaniel's system um that helps um brian hoyer will not be coming here as a quarterback because the 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 raiders are keeping um three guys and i think if they claim guys uh, if they claim a lot of guys, I think Speed, Sean Wade, Mac Wilson, and Sam Roberts would be sort of the quote-unquote fat on the roster if they had to make some moves. 
the Tyquan Thornton thing, man. Um, I I don't know if uh, we got to get him a Kevlar chest or 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 I, I don't know what we've got to do here. Some kind of some kind of uh, protection beyond just pads because when his upper body hits the turf, it, he. It, it he snaps like a Trisket, like a Dorito. And uh, that's just not going to help the team. So I don't, I, I, I watched the guy and I'm like, the tools that he brings can be exciting, but the first time around he, he, he gets hit his clavicle breaks. Then he dives for a football mix. It, it, it's, it, it really is just apropos of Tyquan Thornton's story so far with the Patriots where like he makes an, a spectacular catch. But of course, he gets hurt making the spectacular catch. And I just, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to stay on the field without putting bubble wrap around him, which would, I think, hinder his speed. I don't know how you yeah. feel, but I think, yeah. you know, wrapping him in bubble wrap, he might run like a 4.8 instead of a <laughs> Yeah, I think we need two. to get him some, eight, some AG1. That might help. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I will say while you're talking about the wide receivers, let me give our, our great listeners and so make sure you subscribe, rate, and review and do all that good stuff so you know we keep giving you this good stuff so let me give some some uh information on the wide receivers from um my sources you know around the team on the team in the building so they love Devonte parker they think he's going to have a huge year i'm just i'm just passing along what i've been told um they love kendrick Bourne. um teams were calling them starting last year trying to trade for kendrick you know, and they they pick up the phone and be like, "So you you guys obviously hate Kendrick Bourne because you never play him. So are you interested in <laughs> trading him?" And they're just like, "We don't hate him. We really like him. Really, we do." And uh, you know, so they love KB, Juju. Um, they are much higher internally on Juju than any of us are. They think that he's going to be really good for them this year. I have no, I have not seen any evidence of this on the field. I do think he's going to be have to be a little bit managed, uh, at least early on in the season. I think they've been pacing him coming back from the knee injury in terms of what he can do, and I think that's going to have to extend into the season. Could we see a timeshare thing with maybe Kendrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster at the beginning of the season? I think we could. I don't know that. I'm just guessing, piecing things together. Um, they absolutely adore Pop Douglas. They think he is legit, the real deal. Um, going to be a weapon for this team. I do not disagree. Uh, I can't remember very many rookie wide receivers that I've been more impressed with, guys who seem to improve every day. Kayshawn Booty has been a surprise, I think, internally, both on the field and off the field, which is probably the most component, uh, the biggest component of this, yeah. that um, they've been impressed with the way he's conducted himself as a professional. Um, to this point, you know, we'll see now that you get out of camp and a regular season schedule and making a team, you know, we'll see if that continues. Hopefully it does. But um, I will say that he has improved probably the last three weeks. He's really been on an upward trend. I thought he, his game film looked much better um, the past couple of games, certainly than it did in the first game. Um, you know, so he, he won me over. Um, I think he deserved a spot on this team. Do I think he's going to have much of a role this year? No not outside of injuries, and that's fine. Um, that's what you need. You need the bottom of the roster should have talent that has a chance, and now it's up to the coaches to develop that talent. And um, so, yeah, that's what I've heard on the wide receivers so far. 
Yeah, some good and some bad today, I would say, or, or some good and some very unknown kind of weird stuff happening. I don't want to say bad quite yet because, again, it's only August 29th, and a lot of these things can change with this roster over the next week or two. But I'm happy they kept six receivers. I'm excited for the young receivers especially. I'm happy Calvin Anderson came back today. Cole Strange was out there. Owenu was out there. Uh, again, if they could stay healthy on the offensive line, I, I think they'll be at least solid. And I think this team is talented defensively. Of course, I got to figure out the backup quarterback position, which uh, I don't know. I, I would have to imagine again that Bill Belichick is not going to play with one quarterback this year. You got you got a dart. You got a dartboard in there that you can throw, a, you know, some darts at. See, I have I have on. a dartboard. It's not up yet, though. It's not. Okay. It's it's we're, we're still uh, we're still moving in. The COVID slowed things down a little bit, but anyway. Uh, so that's it. We we went long. We went long tonight. I, I knew we would. A lot of stuff to get through. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. Uh, we'll see if Riley Reef is IR bound, which many of us think he is. We'll see what other things shake out. Greg gave you an idea of what this team is still looking at as far as trying to acquire some talent. Nose tackle, tight end, just a couple of posi- uh, positions they're looking at. Obviously, quarterback now with Bailey Zappi getting uh, cut today, even if he gets to the practice squad. So there's still a lot to figure out here. But I, I think you see – uh, a lot of this team kind of together now on this 53 and, and we have an idea of what it's going to look like uh, official predictions, not coming just yet, but we got, we got an idea again, this episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by FanDuel exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS media network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and new customers can now receive a uh, 200 bucks and free bonus bets with a $5 bet. Plus all customers who bet $5 will receive 100 bucks off NFL Sunday ticket via YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, The NFL Sunday ticket offer, by the way, is good until September 18th. So you want to act on that fast. As Greg said, rate review, give us the five stars, whatever you got to do. We always appreciate it. I love being back. Uh, And whenever something breaks, I'm sure we'll be back again. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Until next time, be good, be safe, and be healthy.